Hey, what's up, guys? So, I get the usual questions about Ramadan each year, and it's, uh, you know, mainly from my colleagues or, uh, you know, anyone who isn't a Muslim. So, I wanted to do a quick video on, you know, just briefly explaining about what we do. You'll hear the usual, not even water, when it comes to fasting. So, Islam is based on five core principles. Believing in these is key to being identified as a Muslim. You may have also heard these as the five pillars of Islam, which are the Shahada, which is basically the profession of faith. And that is to believe that there is no God worthy of worship, but Allah and Muhammad وسلم, is the messenger of Allah. Next, there is the Salah, which is the prayer. And this is the five daily prayers. And then there is the Psalm, which we will cover here, which is the fasting. There is also the Zakah, which is giving to charity, which is also called almsgiving. For every sane adult Muslim who owns wealth for a certain amount, which is also known as Nisab, he or she must pay 2.5% of that wealth, which is known as Zakah. There are many online calculators to allow you to do this and this is eligible for Muslims once a year. And the Hajj, which is the pilgrimage. And this is something that all Muslims do once in a lifetime at least if they are able to and they have the money and etc. Let's go back to fasting. Fasting is one of the five pillars, meaning that to fast during the month of Ramadan, it is mandatory for all able Muslims. Ramadan is the month in which the Qur'an, the holy book of Islam, was revealed to Prophet Muhammad through angel Jibreel, which is also known as Gabriel, in AD 610. The timing of revelation is given special significance and is known as Laylatul Qadr, or the night of power, which I will touch on shortly. Billions of Muslims around the world fast during the month of Ramadan, and this allows us to build a stronger relationship with our Creator, Allah. Fasting is usually performed by all Muslims except those who are sick, the elderly or people who are traveling. There are many exemptions in place for those people who cannot fast. Islam and fasting teaches us to be pious and allows us to have discipline and self-restraint. And it is a great practice to restrain ourselves from worldly pleasures. So the idea is to ensure that we don't fall for the materialistic things of this world that may tempt us to do wrong things, but instead be obedient to our Creator. So we mentioned the Laylatul Qadr, which is the night of power. It is actually concealed within the odd days of the last 10 days of Ramadan. And this night is so powerful. It is said, that any deed in this night carries more reward than the deeds of a thousand months combined. So a typical day for me during Ramadan would be as follows. So in the early hours of the morning, before the first prayer, which is Fajr, what I would do is I would wake up, I would wake up my family members, or sometimes I normally get up before everyone and I try to get people up. I'm more of the early bird as such. What we perform is called suhoor. And this is like a light breakfast that we tend to eat. 
Now, what I recommend, especially for suhoor, people who are going to do this, it is a good thing to do, and it's also something that is recommended. What you should do is eat items that are going to provide you with a slow energy release throughout the day. So some things you can eat are dates, of course, bananas, porridge or rolled oats or whatever you call them. <laughs> there are so many other things you can have. Have plenty of fruit. Make sure that you're sipping on water as well occasionally because you're not going to be eating or drinking anything throughout the day. So it's very important that you sip water during suhoor. So that once we've had this light breakfast, we eat until basically the fajr time, which is the first prayer. And then that commences and we pray. And then sometimes you might go to sleep or you might go to work. It depends on what kind of uh, commitments you have. And then after that, we commence with the day. And there's also another prayer kind of midday. And that's called the hur for anyone that doesn't know. And then there's one further down in the afternoon, which is called Asr. That's normally after 5 p.m. And then there's a prayer which is called Maghrib. And that is when a person can break their fast. So as soon as they immediately hear the call to the prayer for that specific fast, they can open up their fast or have some dates, you know, something sweet. You will notice and, you know, I'm going to speak from my personal experience. As we commence with the fasts, whenever we break the fast, I tend not to eat too much because our stomachs actually shrink. So the key is not to overeat. If you overeat, you're going to feel really lethargic. You're not going to want to do like maybe you might want to go for a walk an hour after you've broken your fast. You might want to just get some fresh air. It's very important that you don't overeat. And, you know, staying away from unhealthy foods, anything that has oils or deep fried stuff are very unhealthy for you. So once we've actually had our evening meal, which is when the sunset occurs, we open our fast, we eat up to an hour or so later, which that time literally goes so fast. There's also the last prayer of the night, which is Isha. And the difference in Ramadan is... After the Isha prayer, uh, we pray a couple of Sunnah, which are the units of the Rukah, and we end up doing Taraweeh. And these are continuous that could last from one to two hours. So these are very long nights, especially in Ramadan. We want to make the most out of these 29 or 30 days because I don't know about you, but they, they fly by. They go really quick. So let's take advantage of these days. This is also a great time to... Let neighbors know what you're going through. Notify them. Uh, sometimes you might want to gift them with some dates and just give them a note that, hey, I'm fasting. So, you know, sometimes people might get tired, a lot more tired than normal. The sleep schedule is kind of messed up. But I think if you set up a good schedule for yourself, so let's say when you've prayed your night prayers, uh, try not to stay up too long. Because remember, if you stay up too long, you got to get up early again. So set an alarm, get yourself up early for suhoor. Again, that's the light snack uh, or breakfast that we have before the fajr prayer. And that way, once you've performed the fajr, you can go about doing your day or even perhaps take a nap during the day. You can refresh. I need to throw in an interesting fact. And this is called a hadith. This is for people who don't know what a hadith is. And I'm going to assume 
that whoever's watching this video may not be Muslim. So if you are a Muslim, you know, you can skip through this. Remember I mentioned about the Quran. Now, that is the word of Allah, okay? Now there is also another source that we follow, which is the Prophet's teachings. And this is called a Sunnah. Now the Sunnah is found in the text called Hadith. So they can provide also a chain of narrations which we should refer to, especially when we are reading these uh, texts. So I'm going to read one for you, which is related to this holy month. Abu Hurairah reported the Messenger of Allah, peace and blessings be upon him, said, When the month of Ramadan begins, the gates of the heavens are open, and the gates of hellfire are closed, and the devils are chained. And that is, of course, that is from what we call Sahih al-Bukhari, and that is the name of the book of where the hadith is found. And it is uh, 1899. So yeah, the devils are chained in this holy month. So if you're going to do something bad, it's on you. You can't blame him because he's locked up. Satan is locked up. So again, this, this month is a very testing uh, time for a person's faith. And what it does also, it's a great detox, not just of the body, but also of the mind. It's a fantastic way to open your awareness of the food that we are provided with. It's an amazing few days which allows a person to just reflect and pause and just, you know, understand the true meaning of what Ramadan is. So anyway, I hope this video was beneficial to you. I'd love to hear your comments on this. If there's anything else that you could add to this, this is just an overview video. For all those who are looking to fast this year, I would like you to check out my Ramadan Planner 2023. It's free, it's downloadable, and it's in my link in the bio, or it's in the video description. It's just something that I update every year, and it's got some great journaling pages, it's got some mindfulness reminders. In paradise, there is a gate called Al-Rayyan, through which those who used to fast will enter this gate on the day of resurrection. And no one but they will be able to enter it. So yeah, just imagine guys, any of you who fast this special gate, can you imagine how huge this gate is going to be? And it's going to be only for you because you fasted. You stopped having food and drink purely to please Allah, purely out of your love for your creator. You took that huge sacrifice, that commitment and this is what you're going to be rewarded with. And the reward is only from Allah. So hey guys, look, I know it's tough. I know some of you are still trying to learn the process of fasting. The sacrifices you make today in this world, whether it's for yourself or to help other people, they are going to be huge on the Day of Judgment. So let's do this. Let's use this Ramadan to make a change in our lives. Because this is what it's all about. It's all about change. And whenever we get these opportunities, especially for fasting, it should bring that change into us and allow us to boost our faith in Allah. And that way, once the end of the fasting is done, you can carry on with that boost until the next fasting comes up. So let's do this. Let's stay strong. Let's make the most out of this fasting. I'm really looking forward to it. And I'm sure you are as well. Peace and blessings to everyone. Assalamu alaikum.